0: Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aide. And this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of Maths. I don't know. It feels like it should be 18, but it's just 12.
0: But hi, Aide. Hi, Tane. I yeah, I'm like, what else is there left to do? That's why they're doing hidden camera stuff next week because <laughs> if we're on episode twelve, that means we have four episodes to go—thirty, 50. like six. Because I think we do
1: like it's eighteen, like the reunion or something.
0: The last two are years. We had really a two-part reunion. I'm terrible at math. We we've established this.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm literally
0: was... finger counting. I'm like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Oh, that means we only have three episodes left. Don't tempt until reunion. Don't tempt me with a good time, Aid. Really? 13, 14, 15. No, sixteen, seventeen. Sorry, five episodes. 18 19 of the reunion. We have five regular episodes left and then two reunions.
1: What are they gonna fill it up with?
0: Hidden cameras. I mean I guess But I'm looking forward to the retreat personally.
1: Yeah, it's usually fun. I mean, that's when we got the exos, the exorcism of Michaela Rose. That's true. Not Michaela Rose. I don't give this girl a name. Michaela Imani Clark. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So how was your week, Aid?
0: <laughs> Tane, I'm living the high life because I'm here <laughs> at your house with you. You guys being a guest of Tane is heaven. I hope everybody gets to experience it. There's home-cooked <laughs> meals. We do fun things together. We've done a lot this week. Where have we been, Dane?
1: It's too much. I'm old and I'm tired. So um, <laughs> what happened? Eight came straight from the airport, and I had a birthday dinner for my husband. And we went to that on Saturday. On Sunday, we went to go see Issa Ray, have a talk with Kiki Palma, which is pretty good. And then... On Tuesday, we went to go see Austin and Craig, for those of you who watch Southern Charm, even though my brain now says Summer House because that's where they're on, or Winter House. And then I, I'm tapping out. Aid still has more fun stuff to do, but I'm out.
0: <laughs> I've got a couple more things to do without Tane because she's tapped out, and then I'm going back to Houston where supposedly I live. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the- weirdest thing when aid was here in town she was always going back to houston and then now she finally moved to houston and then she's coming back here to do the fun things
0: what can i say i'm a mobile girl (laughs) yeah but you guys i have to tell you the best part about staying at Tane's house first off maybe back when you may recall when i moved Tane and her husband came over and they took down my tvs because i didn't know how to do that And then I was like, oh, take them. So they took two TVs. (laughs) So I get to Dane's bedroom and there's the TV that used to be in my bedroom. (laughs) And I turn it on and I'm like, this TV seems much fancier than when it was in my bedroom. (laughs) That's because there are LED lights behind the TV and they come on when you turn on the TV. It's like a miracle.
1: (laughs) I told you guys a couple of weeks ago about that, if you recall. (laughs) When Steve um, shared his love of LED lights, and I'm like, oh, I know all about that.
0: <laughs> they are so cool. It leads to a very, like, this is a luxury experience. I feel like I'm in a hotel. <laughs>
1: Whatever it is. <laughs> I'm cracking up here. But, yeah, it's been fun having you around. But, yeah, I can't hang. I can't even <laughs> wake up. To, I usually work out in the mornings. I can wake up this morning. I was just like, "Nope, got to sleep. So.
0: I know. But I'll leave soon and then you can go back to, I don't know, whatever did you do when I'm not here?
1: Watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> My DVR is backed up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been nice. It's been nice having you around. So it's cool. Thank you. So what housekeeping do we have for the people?
0: You guys, we did our first bonus episode that was about a documentary. Mm-hmm. The difference between reality TV and a documentary is a thin line in my opinion. But our first documentary that we covered was Bad Vegan. So go on Patreon and go find it. We had a good time. Um Bad Vegan is on Netflix. So go find it and watch it and then come listen to our Patreon.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, such an easy it's such an easy watch that even if you haven't watched it, it's four episodes, breeze through it and then you can listen to the Patreon. So
0: and if you are a patron, please give us more ideas for bonus episodes. I feel like we're always asking for ideas, but I figured it out. It's because you guys have great ideas. Tane and I, weirdly enough, I feel like we don't share like a lot of overlapping interests. So we have <laughs> to go through all of your ideas to find something that we're both interested in. And then we can produce a bonus episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then also, I know the last time we covered a reunion decision day season was for Chicago. Um, if you guys have a season that you'd like us to cover, I know someone did suggest Miami. Um, so that's on the plate. Should I say that? I yes. Say that? Yeah. So that's, on. That's you know, something we're considering also. But we just want to hear collectively what you guys want. Because at the end of the day, we just want to do stuff that you guys want to listen to. So let us know. Feel free. You know where to find us on Patreon.
0: Tane, what is going on with old people?
1: What is going on with old people? Okay. um, Woody and Amani, according to Woody, in Woody's words have start started their baby shower tour. I don't know how far along she is or when she's due, but she can still travel because their tour started with a baby shower in Chicago. Um, because when I saw the baby shower pictures, I didn't know they traveled. I'm like, Why isn't Why aren't Karen and Miles there? What's going on? Before I realized, oh, it's in Chicago. So, it looked fun and it looked nice. Um, There was a link up with Amani, Karen, and Brianna. There is a gorgeous, gorgeous picture of them at something called Culture Park um, in New Orleans. So I think they were in town for something. Vince was there, but I think what I found interesting was I did not see any pictures of him with woody did you see any and i just missed
0: it no i didn't even know that they met up
1: <laughs> yeah there's like a cute picture where brianna is in like lime green and karen looking like a goddess was also in green and then um amani is like in the sheer gown with just like a black bikini bottom and um they have rose floral headbands. let me tell you amani looks so good pregnant Like she's literally that pregnancy glow. She looks really good, but it was good. Um, The other interesting thing, like I said, they weren't together, but there's this weird panoramic picture they took of men in suits, just someone going around and everyone in suits. Woody and Miles were side by side together. Vince was like completely, I think, on the other side. So I'm not saying there's beef or anything. I just thought it was interesting that I didn't see any pictures of them together
0: were there other friends or was it just them married at first sight people meeting up
1: oh no there were other friends it's like an event something called culture park so it's like an outdoor huge like event. but brianna and um uh karen and amani got together so i don't know i don't know he had pictures vince had pictures of other people woody had pictures of other people but not two of them together so again Hmm. unless i missed it but yeah Dr. Viviana was also in New Orleans and still promoting her book. And Henry Olivia Amani took a picture with her at the event. And she was like, Thanks for the support. So good for them. Um, Jamie and Doug went on vacation for their eighth anniversary. And if they're having an anniversary, a couple of the others should be having anniversaries too. I think Christine and Keith also had an anniversary. Also, Greg and Diana. Um, but with Jamie and Doug, we should be finding out if they're pregnant because, you know, she told us all the time they traveled to an Island. I forget which one now. And she's like hoping to have, make a baby and we'll let you know in a few weeks. So I will stay tuned for you guys. So you don't have to, and we'll let you know if they're pregnant. So I mean, for her, for her sake, I'm sorry, for her sake, I really do hope that, you know, they get pregnant because it's something she's been wanting for a long time. And I know they had some you know, troubles earlier. I just really hope she finally gets the baby
0: that they so desire. Yeah, I agree. I hope Jamie and Doug have another baby because that is what their heart seemed to desire.
1: Yeah. In the meantime, they are going on a cross-country tour with their RV and all of that good stuff. So fun times ahead for them. Um... Zach seemed to be in Philly. Zach from the Mavs Houston season seems to be in Philly this week, but um, a friend of mine spotted him out at brunch in Houston um, with a brunette. We are not sure if they are dating or not. He did kiss her on the cheek at some point, but um, yeah, that's all I got. I have no facts. I have nothing. Just he was spotted. (laughs)
0: Did Zach and Michaela make their return to social media in the same week? Oh, that's interesting.
1: I only just realized that we weren't quite following Michaela. Okay, maybe. <laughs> I was maybe like, it was like, just I me. I was like, we don't see anything about her. What's going on? And then I look and I'm like, oh, we're not following her. I'm like, oops. So, yeah. But he came back, so, yeah um hello fresh the meal prep food um they're leaning heavy on maps because i noticed danielle is hawking hello fresh and so is jamie not sure why i'm surprised about that but jamie isn't beth's husband if anyone was gonna do hello fresh i would think anthony he cooks a lot but maybe he is not i just didn't see it but uh those are the two i saw this week um, I made a comment last week that, you know, out of all the the one month anniversaries and all on top of all of that, they didn't even have a kiss. But a listener told us that Jasmina did kiss Michael and this was T-Mob shout out, um, but it was cut out that that's what Jasmina said. I mean, she's not following us yet, but um, apparently she said that we're just waiting till the season ends and hopefully <laughs> we get accepted and we start seeing what they say. But yes. Um, that's all I got for social media, but I think I want to say our listeners are like the best. You guys are so kind and so nice and shout out to all of you because we kind of hit 1,000 followers sometime last week. Not a big deal for a lot of people, but for us, it was a big deal. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.
0: And if you would like to join the Cool Kids Club, let's get to 2,000. (laughs)
1: Let's do it. Challenge (laughs) accepted. I'm saying that on behalf of you guys. (laughs) All right, how did you feel about this episode?
0: This is where MAPS gets terrible and I actually feel like this episode was good. So expectations were low and they really surpassed my expectations. I'm like, you people are still keeping it interesting.
1: Um, trying to think if I share that sentiment, it was like a low hum. I'm, it's to the point where they're arguing about the same things And there's no balance with the happy moment. So it's just like this, ugh. Everyone's just aggy. Everyone's just like annoyed. I mean, I guess Olajuwon and Katina are supposed to be happy. But
0: it's just, I can't move on as fast as they did. No, I'll never. I plan, I have no intentions of ever moving on when it comes to Katina and Olajuwon. So,
1: I don't know. Well, let's get into the episode then.
0: Okay. So we start the episode with a little recap of what happened two weeks ago, because it has been two weeks, so our minds need to be refreshed. The little thing says it's 24 days until decision day. Katina comes to see Jasmina in the exact outfit that she was wearing at the end of the last episode. So I thought that the idea was that they were going to bed because they shut the door on the camera crew. (laughs) But it appears that she made her way down to Jasmina and Michael's apartment or up wherever it is in the building. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how late did they do this? Yeah. So she comes down. Michael is there too. Katina tells them about the whole dating app thing. And they actually kind of joke, Jasmina does about how it would have been a real problem if there had been a profile, because apparently when you clicked on the dating app, there was just sign in. (laughs) Yeah. Katina says she told him that the way he approached it was disrespectful And he said, it's not about her feelings. It's about what she did. (laughs) Um, Katina says that his tone wasn't okay. And in her mind, it's like, is this something you're going to do to me again? And she doesn't know who she sees herself with someone who operates like that.
1: Did you notice that her eyes looked puffy? Like she'd been crying. They were red.
0: I actually didn't notice, but I wouldn't be, yeah. Surprised because
1: I just, yeah, for someone who doesn't cry a lot, this man has made her cry way too many times. It's kind of wild, but oh, All the right. bright side, Michael and Jasmina are truly are really sticking true to this candle burning business. There was a candle <laughs> just burning brightly <laughs> in the middle of their kitchen island right there. So
0: <laughs> I actually, um I was getting ready to be annoyed with Michael because I thought he was going to be too team one for my taste but that's not what he did. He asked questions that when you're talking to someone about their problems, it's always good to ask questions. So he mm-hmm. says, how did, how they resolve? He asked how they resolved it. And she says that he walked away and needed to cool off because he said, no matter what she said in his mind, but you still have it on your phone, meaning the app. Michael says when you're upset and someone is giving you reasoning, it's like, you can't hear that right now. It sounds like an excuse. And the larger one is emotional and passionate, and emotions can take over your logic.
1: Yeah. He was very
0: I, I mean, as much as I was okay with Michael, I don't like this line of reasoning. Um,
1: <laughs> it's very interesting, and we are going to see this in different couples the way they tell the story versus what we actually see with our eyes are completely different. And it's not that they're lying. It's just their perspective. And when you think about the fact that whoever is responding to that has to only respond to what they were told, it's not, you can't fault Michael for what he's, because it was true. Like when someone is just seeing red, Anything you say at that moment is not going to make any sense. But I don't think he understood the magnitude of the shade of red we're talking about (laughs) as to how he was yelling at her. So he's thinking
0: logically, but what we saw
1: was absolutely not logical at
0: all. See, I am so emotional about hating Wan that that point that you just made about how Michael did not just see what I just saw. Yeah. (laughs) Ergo, he cannot like... His, that isn't going to inform his opinions. Yeah. I needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Michael said, like, oh, he didn't say he's 100% done, though. And then <laughs> the woman shows, sure. like, <laughs> wait, did he say that? <laughs> and Jasmina makes some more excuses for Olajuwon <laughs> and says that he's the type of person to say whatever. And Katina says that Olajuwon said that it shows a for him a lack of seriousness when she signed up for this and how is that supposed to make her feel and then she starts crying again and she says she's a real person with real feelings and jasmina in an interview says katina doesn't cry a lot and it's not sitting well with her that she's crying because she has to be upset and hurt to feel these emotions yeah Katina also says that they have talked, I think, with the experts and with each other about how they're supposed to react to things better, specifically him. And now it's like time for him to like apply some of those lessons. And he didn't do that. And that's why her feelings are hurt. And Jasmina says, you should voice that. That sounded very therapy speak to me. (laughs) Not in a bad way. Just like instead of you should say that or you should tell him you should voice that.
1: (laughs) They've been hanging out with the experts. Uh, I do think what was heartbreaking was her response. When she said, you should voice that, and Katina's like, if he lets me. It was said quietly, but I'm like, that
0: holds a lot of weight. That explains a lot about their dynamic. He decides when she gets to talk because he will just talk over her because he doesn't listen. Yeah. So, is if the... Like, maybe it's because- <laughs> Maybe I'm a little too obsessed with late nights because I'm like, okay, now Olajuwon and Michael are going to talk. Like, what time is this? Do you guys have to go to work tomorrow? I had the the same note. I
1: was like, do you think they talk the same night? Because he has the same outfit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't they have bedtime? (laughs) I mean, didn't Michael say he has to get up every day at like seven or something like that?
0: Four. Four.
1: He changed his schedule for Jasmina.
0: Oh, Okay. (laughs) Michael asks Olajuwon how he's feeling. Olajuwon says that Katina said what she had to say. Michael asks if he wants to talk about it. And he means talk about it with Katina. And Olajuwon says he's not bringing up the conversation conversation until she apologizes. And I am just like, apologizes for what? I'm sorry, Aid. He said until she can
1: apologize. <laughs> we that twice. I'm like, we have Gondola, and now we
0: have a Toshi Apology. <laughs> and admits to what she has done to him. Oh, oh, yeah. What?
1: I just... He's so stuck, though, and he's so one tunnel visioned. Like, you did wrong, you did wrong. I didn't... I don't know. It's tough.
0: He very much sees himself as an authority figure over her. Yeah. Not a partner. Cause then he says he wants her to really think about what she has done and how he felt as a husband. Um, then a larger one does an interview, and in this interview he has a whole new neck tattoo. Oh my new. god, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. It's so jarring. It's really ugly. And then I'm like, has he had this neck tattoo? In unfiltered and he was wearing like turtle. Wasn't he wearing a turtleneck one time? And you're like, I don't think that's his style.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That is true. He had like a turtleneck. But now I have to we have to look closely at him when he gets on unfiltered because I'm like, when did he get this done? And how did it heal or whatever? Because in the combo with Michael, it's just to his collarbone because he has that tattoo or whatever. But in the confessional, he has
0: extended it all the way up to his chin. This week on Unfiltered, he's on, and he ha- the tattoo is there.
1: Oh, my God. Now, this begs a the question. There's going to be a scene further down for later on in the episode, and that tattoo is all the way to... The extension is there. But it's supposed to be in real time with all this stuff that's going on now. So, not quite sure.
0: Yeah. So, continuing on with the conversation... He tells Michael that he's deleted Instagram and he's done all these things and he put effort into this. And when he saw the dating app, we've been married for a month and you still have dating apps. Like, is this for TV? Uh, So we already talked about how much projection. So, but it's actually really interesting to say projection and then to see so much projection.
1: Yeah. Like, why do you have to leave Instagram, my dude? (laughs)
0: michael says so when she says she didn't do anything with the app do you not believe her he does not answer the question he just says she's smart she has common sense i've known you for 30 days it's very easy for you to log off and on he says he looks at her different and trust is everything and she might be one foot in one foot out and it hurts him
1: but speaking of projection, he also admits that the whole logging in, logging out, that that's what he used to do, that he's done it. That's what he would do.
0: I hate, I, I don't think this can penetrate his mind, but sometimes it's not about you a One. Nah,
1: that's asking for too much.
0: Michael asks if she does give the apology, will they be good? And he says, if you think someone's moving on you dirty, you have to keep your eyes open. <laughs> Go away. Okay.
1: His enemies are after him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next up is Noi and Steve, who you think would be a palate cleanser. But Noi opens with this passive aggressive video <laughs> about how every morning this is what she wakes up to. And it's Steve in bed with the dog. And I'm thinking when it first came out, I'm like, see, this man accepted the dog in the bed. That is not the point of the video. The point of the video is how the dog and Steve are going down for their midday nap. Must be nice. <laughs>
1: She's so resentful of the fact that she has to work. <laughs> I'm like, we feel you know it, but we got to do it.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I think I would be like her too, though, a little bit. Like, I'm working and you don't have to work. I might be a little bitter. Yeah.
1: Again, if she he wasn't pulling weight, that's a whole different conversation.
0: I don't think it's about pulling weight. I think it's just the idea, like, I have to get up and do things and you don't have to. Like, it, it creates a little resentment. Yeah. Lindsay with her selfie cam just talks about how the cat is the queen of the dog castle. I don't know. It's just cats. Mike eats some of Mr. Feeney's dog food and Jasmina is like, ooh, and I agree. (laughs) Jasmina says it's high key, that's nasty. And I was like, yes, not low key, high key.
1: Hey, Michael says it's fire. (laughs) Then it's fire.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I understand that like Dog food is just food. Like, it's not like the dog is in the food. Like, it's just dog food. <laughs> but it's like, it just looks gross. Like, it's not for human consumption. Would you eat fish food? I don't even want to ask Michael. He might say, well, yes. that's different.
1: But, I mean, I got to tell you, dog cookies kind of look like, is human cookies a term? Cookies for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not that gross. <laughs> doesn't look gross. Let me put it that way.
0: Okay. Like, if they
1: didn't tell you it was dog cookies,
0: you wouldn't know. Having never even looked at dog cookies, I I, I wouldn't, yeah, I really wouldn't know. <laughs> then we get to Mark doing something on the whiteboard. He's writing things down on the whiteboard. He says he's making a list of what they're doing for the week. He tells the cat he's making a board. There's a lot of talking to, I guess that's Chloe, the cat. Mm. Um, He says that they need to be in a place where he sees potential and the whiteboard might help with that. If you are looking to a whiteboard to save your relationship, you know it's done, right? Um it might help them with structure and getting them on the same page and creating balance and helping with their relationship. You are asking the whiteboard to do a whole lot of work. <laughs> so Lindsay comes in. This scene seemed very staged to me. Um she she has a lot of stuff. She starts saying, I got candy, I got another litter box for the cat. And she asks him what he's doing, and he says, I'm doing this team board. And they right down. They want stuff to do. They're going to do this week. Stuff as a couple. Watching TV shows. So Lindsay says she wants to do a meal prep of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He says he doesn't meal prep dinner. She's like, can we compromise? It seems like he gives into the compromise begrudgingly. I was like, is it really? Does it really? Like, it's just meal prep. What's the difference between meal prep and breakfast and lunch or meal prep and breakfast, lunch, and dinner? But Okay. Um... She asks if he'll eat carrots and broccoli. He's like, no. Lindsay says that Mark is a stubborn only child and this way works for me. And the, this whiteboard is a compromise of him making space and time for her in his life. She wants unplugged time daily where he puts his phone away so they can actually spend time together. And she likes the board and she hopes that he will follow through. I couldn't believe how much time we spent on a board now that I've just recited all that.
1: (laughs) You know, ever since you called Lindsay controlling, that's all I see. Because on one hand, I completely understand like your phone's being away, being present, because it's just something I appreciate, but it's just the way she said it. I'm just like, are you being controlling? Like, let the man do what he wants to do. But hey, who knows?
0: I mean, one way you could do it is to say, when I'm spending time with you and you're on your phone, I feel like you're not engaging with me. The other way is to say, you have to put your phone away so you can engage with me. <laughs> Lindsay always picks option two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is the problem with Mark. He's always like, it's not that she doesn't have a point. It's just the way she presents stuff. Like, I don't want to receive it.
0: Next up is Noi and Steve. He says, what's going on, cuz, to the guy at the dog washing place. I was so confused. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a dog. So I'm like, is this his friend's business that he's giving some, like, promotion to? Because that would be really nice. (laughs) Why is he friends with the guy at the dog washing place?
1: Because he's, like, he told her later, like, he's been around dogs. He's just, didn't want one at this time. He's a free Lone Ranger.
0: He said he had had dogs growing up. What does that have to do with you knowing the guy at the dog washing place?
1: Um. The way I took it. So when they first met and she told him about the dog, he was like, I just don't want to own a dog, but I've been around. My brother has had a dog or whoever, roommate, friend, whatever, had a dog. So he knows about them. He's helped take care of them. He just didn't want to own one. So he knows about the places, but.
0: I just assumed it was his friend's business. Um. Um. Noi says they never talk about what life will look like when they have kids. So she wants him to get used to being responsible for a pet. It's a surefire way to see if someone is ready to have children. I don't actually think that's the case. (laughs) It's like you're taking care of a thing. I get that part. But is it really? What do you think? I think it is.
1: I'm not an animal person, but I really do think like, it's not, it's not exactly the same. It will never exactly be the same, but you're responsible for something 24 seven. It's something you have to think about when you make your decisions. If you're going to travel, you have to think about where am I going to put the dog? If you're going to do something, you I have to feed the dog. You're responsible for something other than yourself okay. for majority of your life.
0: So at the dog washing place, I assume this place is called a groomer, (laughs) but I call it the dog washing place. They wash the dog. They seem to have a good time about it. Um, Then they have the discussion about him being a dog dag and he talks about having dogs growing up, but he's been traveling, so he didn't want the responsibility. And he says, now we're talking about settling in or like we are, you know, we're settled, we're married. She asks if he wants another one. Clearly they've talked about this before because he's like, well, I know you want another one. Um, and Noi talks about how sushi and him have a very special bond and she's happy about sushi having a dad. And then of course he has another gift for sushi. Cause he he's, I'm very proud of him.
1: <laughs> he
0: pulls out a box. He's got another outfit for the dog. Next up is Mark and Lindsay at the grocery store. This is what I mean. The petty person that I am, this is a scene that I live for. All they have to do is grocery shop. She wants fruit. This man says he's not big into fruit. He did not say I'm not into honeydew melon. He said I'm not into fruit. The whole genre of food. She is walking through the store listing all of these fruits and he says no to every last one of them. Their food budget is $150. He seems a little annoyed because he says he's not working, so every dollar adds up. She tries to grab a sweet potato, and he says it's not in the budget, and she needs to respect and stick to it. She's trying to get him to get excited about corn. He's looking at her like he's never seen corn in his life. (laughs) I think she listed at least 20 different types of fruits and vegetables, and he said no to all of them
1: she did but it just shows how much she enjoys showing him like hey look what i know and you don't because this is a man who had never had a taco why would you ask me if he's ever had a wrangutan or whatever that thing was i didn't even know what it was i was like you think he just said no to something as simple as a melon why do you think a random tan <laughs> is something he would have so you know Lindsay just has this what are you trying to do you're trying to frustrate yourself because he's made it clear he's giving you a pre-filled answer pre-filled text no <laughs> so you know my what? question for you aid is do they not give them a grocery budget being on the show like i is guess just, not so i think
0: they have to pay for their own groceries
1: Or if they
0: have a budget, he was like, I don't want to spend it. If they gave us a budget, I just want to stick to the budget. I don't want to have to add anything.
1: Oh, okay. Because I'm like, that would be harsh. Give it (laughs) an apartment and you feed yourself. Even though we're sucking your life (laughs) 24-7.
0: As I was watching them go through the store and like lemons and limes, no. I was like, what was in the taco? Like, was there just like a tortilla and meat? Because if she had put like some pico or some guacamole. Like, Mm would he he eat that?
1: Probably not. Probably like a little bit of sauce and chicken. And that's it.
0: Lindsay said that she has always picked on her friends who have what she called chicken finger men. A man who only eats chicken fingers and mac and cheese. (laughs) And now she has one of those chicken finger men.
1: (laughs) This is where people who believe in karma would be like karma strikes.
0: As they're walking out of the grocery store, Lindsay said they went over the budget by 40%. And he says he normally doesn't buy this many fruits. And I was like, what fruits do you buy?
1: (laughs) I think that was the point. You're shopping for just one person because I'm not participating in eating these fruits. So why do we even have this much? Who eats this much? I don't know if the refrigerator is like mine. It's going to go bad unless you're consuming like a huge portion of fruits for the entire day.
0: I I wonder, but I wondered how many fruits did she really buy?
1: I mean, they were over budget by 40%, which I don't know. How did she calculate that? I mean, that's pretty easy. I guess if 150 is the budget, but okay. Why I had no idea. Say, why didn't she just say like we went over by like $100? Like who says 40%? That was weird.
0: I don't. Someone who can do math. Meanwhile, I had I actually because I don't do math. I was like, how much is forty percent over one hundred and fifty? Is it forty percent, and then you add that on? Whatever.
1: Um, yes, it is, and it's ninety dollars. No, seventy. Look at me doing math. <laughs> Sixty dollars.
0: So their total was probably like a little over 200.
1: two two ten. Okay. okay. If 40% is $60, then 150 plus 60 is 210. Wow, I'm going to get laughed at. Five plus six, zero,
0: 211. You were close enough. No one's going to laugh at you. <laughs> I mean, least of all me, who was like, wait, what's 40% of 150? My talents lie, lie elsewhere. Um. <laughs> next up is Jasmina and Michael, who, weirdly enough, are like a ray of sunshine this episode um michael that she has a takeout container because we will see them cook later but they don't really seem to cook very much they seem to eat a lot of takeout um but she's serving up the food in the takeout container onto plates and they're talking about how her job has changed location and michael is like oh is it any closer to the apartment and she's like no it's about the same and she said he says well maybe eventually it will be easier for you to drive to work and she's like you bring me? And he's like, no, you bring yourself. So Michael says that he found out she doesn't know how to drive. And so on the honeymoon, which we just watched them have a hostile dinner, but in addition to the hostile dinner, apparently they had a discussion about how they could make it a goal for him to teach her how to drive.
1: If ever there was proof that we are not getting the full picture on anything, that was it. Because I'm like, uh, isn't this the tone conversation dinner?
0: <laughs> yes. So Michael has these flashcards. He's doing everything, I guess, to prepare her to to drive or to take a driver's test. So he starts with the first one and it's very funny. He says, "First question. If another driver cuts you off in traffic, what do you do?" She laughs and says, "Flick him off." And he's like, "That's my girl." <laughs> and i was like she's never gonna pass a driving test if she continues on like that but she actually goes through and does really well with all the questions um he asked what she's nervous about and she said driving and she tells us that she's afraid of the road she's been in car accidents and she appreciates him taking the steps to basically make her drive because she wouldn't have done it by herself next up is katina and I put all the sigh I could into that. (laughs) Of course, a speaks first. So we've got the two of them on a selfie cam looking like they're ready for bed. They say they cooled off. She starts with, I understand where you were coming from. She apologizes. I am like livid, so upset. I'm like, why are we hearing her apologize? I do not like this. He apologized second for not controlling himself. And Katina says that they're good and moving forward. And Olajuwon says, with effort, everything is possible. And then they both express appreciation for each other. I'm like, this I don't appreciate this at all.
1: I mean, I think we should just get used to it. As long as they're together, this is the dynamic of her always feeling like she's trying to prove herself and him giving her assurances that, yeah, you're good enough for me. But this was the scene I was referring to. So in this scene, he has the neck tattoo. He does? So when was this filmed? And when, I mean, the most logical thing is that I saw wrong. But I measured the tattoo by, the new tattoo covers his entire neck, including his Adam's apple, and goes all the way to his chin. And based on this scene, it was there. So I don't. Yeah, the most logical thing is that I saw wrong. But from what I saw and what I remember, it was there. So that's what had me confused, was like, okay, when did he get this tattoo? It takes a while to heal. It has to be wrapped up for at least a week. Like, when did all of that happen?
0: I don't know. The other thought that I had, which is much less likely, is maybe he's, like, covering up the tattoo.
1: Covering up how?
0: Like, with... I thought they made like makeup and stuff for that.
1: Oh, that's a lot of effort because it's really, again, jarring. It's like a
0: deep, the ink is so bold. That tattoo is ugly as hell. Oh God, that was not a good choice. I, oh, I generally, I'm like, I don't do needles, but I'm good with other people having tattoos. But there's something about neck tattoo that really just I, no, no. Mm. I used to watch, well, I still watch Hard Knocks on HBO when it was coming out. Every year they follow like the beginning of a football season. And I remember this one football player saying like, I got a tattoo on my face because I was determined to make it in football. And I knew that if I wanted to do anything else, then I couldn't have a tattoo on my face. So I'm like, I am going to make it in the NFL and I'm going to put a tattoo on my face to make sure that it happens. (laughs) <laughs> so, so for like, a larger watch for just to be out in the world with a neck tattoo i'm like i don't get this
1: i mean at least he could wear a, a turtleneck but i remember that's that episode and i was like well that's unfortunate because <laughs> no matter how hard you work the thing about the nfl is like you could get cut and then that's it
0: <laughs> i will say the person who said it he made it to the nfl he made the roster on that season of hard knocks at least and that's i think he it. had a, a decent playing career
1: yeah, that's great, but again, one <laughs> injury could take you out. Like the thing about being an athlete, it's not really up to you sometimes. Like, there's all your hard work, and then there's the rest of it. So, definitely stuck, stuck with a tattoo, but good on you for the determination. Um, all right, guys, we'll be right back. And we are back, we are back looking at Mark and Steve together. And my first thought is, this is a very odd pairing. Um, Mark was robbed of Chris, so I guess he has to hang out with Steve. Did you think it was odd? (laughs) I thought it
0: was odd, but then they started talking. Okay. And they were much more comfortable with each other than I was expecting.
1: Okay, that's fair. I honestly think anyone would be comfortable with Steve, though. That's true. So... They're at the beach, the same beach where he said, I love you. I wonder if he regrets it. And they're throwing around a football and talking about their marriages. And Mark says that, you know, they have good times, but tough conversations. This is a phrase we are going to hear a couple of times. Like he rehearses the lines that he's going to say. And that he cares about the good that comes from her than the noise that she brings. I don't, Mark has a way of words when it comes to describe Lindsay. <laughs> and He says, "But there's so much talk about the future, and he's not looking for that yet." Steve asks him how working from home is going. Am I the only one that laughed? I (laughs)
0: shouldn't. No, you're not the only one that laughed. I was like, (laughs) "Working from home."
1: I was like, uh, "Did he lie to them? Where was that?" And then um, Mark's, you know, he he stutters a little bit. He's like, "No, I'm not working from home. They just put me on leave because." I can't work the hours that I used to, which, which confirms what your thought, thought process about this was aid. Cause I think you mentioned something about the hours and sales and things like that. So he says, Lindsay is still supportive, but says it's actually a good time for him to find a job in Boston. So I'm guessing his job is like in Rhode Island or something, somewhere close by you think? Or oh, it's like a suburb. Okay. Um, so Steve says, he also doesn't have a full-time job but before he came on this show he felt secure he saved up money but Noy needs to him to have so much faith because she has never seen him in his sales engineering position so to me steve confirms our understanding of his finances like we're correct because he says he has savings and he's contributing three or four times as much and isn't asking her to contribute more So he doesn't think there's a problem, but there's a perception problem. So I ask you again, because I asked you a few weeks ago, if he's contributing financially, not working and all that stuff, do you still thinking he should be doing more of the domestic work at home? Um,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is the thing. It is not really about who's contributing financially. You don't have a job. Your wife has a job. So there's only two adults and a dog. How much housework is there? I'm not saying you have to cook gourmet meals every night, but you should probably... What else do you have to do besides cook and clean? You don't have a job.
1: That can get tiring. And if he saved money to get time off work just to chill, why can't he do that? Because he went and got married.
0: If you want to chill, you could sit at home by yourself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, housework can get exhausting. Like, even the simplest things could just seem like, ugh, so much work
0: to do. I so. would love to know what both of their standards are for housekeeping. Because I think that's the other issue. Like, are you expecting him to clean the house from top to bottom every day? Or is it just like, I don't know, cook, do the dishes? Even that, I, I thats
1: I think it's the latter. But even that sometimes can just be like, have you ever tried to do laundry? Laundry is like my least favorite chore to do. Well, not laundry, because you just toss that in a washing machine, but sorting it out. I could yeah, the you know. after laundry. The after laundry is
0: the worst. So, anyways. But it's also like, I mean, you don't have to do the laundry in one day. Take two days to do it or whatever. But why should Noi be doing laundry? She's working. <laughs> You're not doing anything. I
1: mean, I guess. So... He says he feels like he has done everything to show that he's in. And what else does she
0: want? Is it a job?
1: Well, yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) You know, I'll give Noi this. She hasn't been subtle. She has told you she wants you to get a job.
1: Yeah. He says that if she wants him to get a full-time job, then he wouldn't have the creative energy to put into what he wants to do. Plus, he'd want to know what the plan is. Is the job or the extra money because you want it for a house? Or is it just that you want nice things or you want vacations? And then he just says, well, besides that, we have a great time. <laughs> but the, that is a very huge thing apparently. So Mark says he's at a place where he really cares about Lindsay, but is it enough to say yes on decision day? He says he thinks about the longevity and when you have a timestamp of eight weeks, it's a lot of pressure. Once again, I don't understand these people. I don't understand why they feel like they have to have a hard answer by eight weeks. I get it that it's the premise of the show. But if by eight weeks you are not at a hard no, just say yes and then figure it out afterwards. Like besides the camera and all that stuff, like why does everyone think like they have to know it all and have it figured out in eight weeks? I don't I don't I don't know how the
0: probability of that is. Mark is one of the biggest liars this show has ever seen, though. He knew he was saying no a long time ago. He's just paying lip service and saying the things that he thinks he's supposed to say to make it sound like he's making some sort of decision. Oh, there hasn't been enough time, you know?
1: That's true. So we see Michael take Jasmina out to teach her how to drive, with Feeney at the back, looking very secure and comfortable. Michael looked so nervous he was hilarious. He was trying to be cool also so jasmine tells us that you know she wouldn't say they're becoming more affectionate but they're definitely enjoying being around each other more and it's bringing them closer and she has no doubt that if this continues then the affection would come um the whole driving thing was kind of cute i i just the more i think about it like we've been driving for years so it's nothing but i think about new drivers or people who genuinely have a fear and honestly it's one of the most understandable fears Like road is dangerous mm-hmm. especially now that people are texting all the time like it's just like a a swerve away from something bad and like the freeway must just be like
0: the scary place for them so i felt for her but
1: it was kind of funny
0: <laughs> i just um, loved michael's reactions i like watching the two of them do this driving thing i'm like get it together guys get it yeah. together
1: yeah they've definitely perfected the friendship part they have a lot of fun like it shows through the screen so so then we see Steve and Noi walking sushi. Um, as Steve tells us that, you know, he has a special relationship with sushi. And Noi starts with I-, I feel like the next few things I mentioned give an insight into your question eight about expectations for the domestic things in the house. So they're walking, his Velcro thing is coming off. Noi tells Steve, Oh, his Velcro thing is falling off. Can you. Put it back in, he does that. Then he starts pooping. She tells Steve to pick up his poop. And then they get into the house and she's like, oh, Sushi, do you want a treat? And then she tells Steve to give him a treat. Then Steve is like, um, I'm all for, I'm, I'm definitely taking more ownership for Sushi, but that wasn't his responsibility that he brought into this marriage. He said he hopes to get more appreciation for it than it being an expectation. Then we see that she has even more instructions. She tells Steve to start making the potatoes and eggs because the waffles don't take that much. That's for breakfast. And then he tells us that it would be great if things were fair because no one wants to feel like they're the ones who have to do everything. So the same way she's uncertain about his unemployment, he's uncertain about how she can contribute to their relationship.
0: Then I think all of her stuff, though, comes from bitterness that he doesn't have a job.
1: Absolutely. It's resentment. she's
0: just like she's like. if you're not gonna have a job you better work for me and my <laughs> dog <laughs> so- oh I'd also like to make one point about Noi's outfit you know random opinion I think bicycle shorts look terrible on every single woman alive no matter your wow. size and Noi proves my point there's something wow. about the length of a bicycle short doesn't look good
1: wow hot take, hot don't, take. Agree. don't agree but yeah hot take so they finish breakfast and then she starts talking about, yeah, the bathrooms have to be cleaned. This is a Saturday guys. Like even if he's not working, I, I, even God rested on Sunday. <laughs> <Just say that. laughs> like even God rested on Sunday. So she's talking about cleaning bathrooms. And then she's like, he has to clean them both. He's like, Oh, are we going to, what are we doing? Are we splitting it? Do I do one and you do the other? She's like, no, you should do both. And he's like, okay. And then she's like, she was going to do her clothes or her laundry. I don't recall hearing her say their laundry. She said her clothes. And Steve is like, okay, I'll save you one of the bathrooms. And she's like, no, you do both. And then she says she hates cleaning bathrooms. He's like, do you hate it so much that you will take responsibility of sushi duties? And she's like, no, I'm busy working. That is her response to everything, (laughs) by the way. She's busy working. But much like how I asked how Olajuwon was eating before Katina, who was taking care of sushi?
0: (laughs) Wasn't she working? This is what confuses me about all these things. I'm like, can't you just get a cleaner?
1: I just... Well... They can, but maybe that's a thing for when they have their own apartment. My question is more about something that was happening before she met Steve. Like, if you're going to say that you're working, which just proves the point again, that it is the resentment that's coming out that way. But when you were working,
0: you had sushi. So what were you doing then? Just keep doing it.
1: (laughs) So anyway. She's
0: like, but no, I got married. And I got married so I wouldn't have to take care of my dog if my husband doesn't have a job.
1: So Steve says, I'll tell you what, we split sushi duties and we split bathroom duties, pleasure doing business with you. And then he gets up to go put his plates in the sink, which I'm sure she's going to tell him to wash. And Noy isn't pleased and says, you know, he should do it all while she's working. And then from nowhere, she's like, you can kiss my ass. And I'm like, um, (laughs) he's like, whoa, we're getting all feisty on a Saturday (laughs) But knowing in a one-track mind is like, it drives her crazy that it's always about what she's not doing, but never about what he's not doing. So it's a one-sided perspective.
0: The only thing he's not doing is not having a job, which it's, is not a small thing. <laughs> it's a,
1: I just think it's different. If you have no job, no savings, not contributing, completely understand. But again, he's buying you nice stuff, nice stuff, taking you on date nights, pulling his half of the responsibilities. What, what? The uncertainty I can get, but why not give it a chance? And then when he proves you wrong, like he's not working, then you can start punishing him. Like, I just, I don't know. I think it's just strange. Honestly, if I was Steve, I would get a job just to spite her. And then let's see what you're <laughs> going to complain about. Like, I'm just going to get a job. Like, you've hyped it up so much. I'm going to get a job, and then let's see what you're going to say. Because if he says, I can't take care of sushi, what are you going to say? If you say, I'm working, he can also say, I'm working, too. So where do we go from here?
0: It's just I don't want to get it twisted. I'm not sure that Noi, I Actually, I'm pretty sure No is... is. There's definitely a space for them to meet in the middle. He seems much more flexible about meeting in the middle than she does.
1: I don't know. But I also
0: don't take the stance that you can split housework 50-50. Because if you're contributing financially, I'm like, why don't you contribute to a cleaning service? (laughs) Otherwise, is your financial... Like, is it fair or is it in service of the partnership that just because you're, like, taking out on nice dates and stuff, oh, I shouldn't have to do as much housework even though I'm not doing anything else because I'm not working? But here's the thing, Steve doesn't mind
1: doing it. He's just saying that it's becoming an expectation now. Like it's not even like an appreciation that you're still doing it because he said that. He said, I don't mind doing it. Yes, I can cook, I can clean because he is doing it. It's just that I do want to feel like you're recognizing that I'm doing this and it's not an expectation, which I think is fair.
0: Yeah, I I, and and being bitter is not a great foundation for a relationship either.
1: It's not. And I promise you, Aid, he would get a cleaner and she would get mad at that. Like you have all this time. <laughs> Why are you spending money? You don't even have a job. So now you're spending money <laughs> on something you could do by yourself. And she's not going to be happy. She's fixated on the fact that he doesn't have a job. And that's going to be the thing that she thinks represents the problems with them. That when she gets a job, I don't know what leg she'll stand on. And that's why I want him to get a job, so I can see how she's gonna
0: pivot with this. I've said it before; I'll say it again. I want him to have a job by the reunion.
1: <laughs> so, Doctor Viviana gives some intro, but I don't know what she's saying. But the gist is that they're talking to family and friends about their marriages. We see that Aladino's friends Jeff gets time off because this time his friend is his former coach, Coach Mac, who we met in the beginning, and he asks. Olajuwon what he feels like he needs to find out about her. Olajuwon never really answers questions. He just goes off on a tangent. He's like, I'm really getting to know who she is. Their biggest situation was the app. And the coach confirms that Olajuwon just, just get amped up. And Olajuwon says it's important that, you know, he talks to Coach Mac because he's one of his mentors. He's like a father figure to him and he will be honest with him. The coach tells him that some things that are said can be unsaid, but he needs to be careful what he says when he gets all passionate. And the coach does a confessional and tells us that the biggest thing that Olajuwon and Katina have for each other is that they are authentic with each other. Um, the gist of their conversation is, you know what I said earlier, like you can only go by what the person tells you in the story. Because mm-hmm. the coach just kind of confirms, affirms him, like you know, makes him feel better. Like, oh yeah, we all get amped up, we all get angry, we all say things we shouldn't say, but you know, you just have to come back from it and move on. But again, you did not see what we saw. Like
0: <laughs> you, you <don't> just heard <laughs> there was an argument and you might have gotten a little loud.
1: <laughs> yes, and got amped up about it. So you know, I wonder what these people would say if they actually watch the footage like we do and. In- yeah. So that was it with Olajuwon and his coach.
0: So next up, because everybody's going around talking to their friends and family, Michael meets up with his sister Claire. We saw Claire before the friends and family housewarming? She was, yes. She was at the, the friends and family episode.
1: Yes. They spoke, she spoke with um, Jasmina in the room, remember? In the bedroom. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, Michael asks her what she saw when she was at the housewarming, and she says, you know, I just saw little stuff, and she's very positive. She's almost more positive than what we were seeing at that time. (laughs) Um, He says it's great to talk to his his sisters. Michael says he always goes to his sisters for advice. It's great to get a woman's perspective, get some ideas about what he should be doing going forward, especially with decision day approaching. I feel like this was like yeah, this is the episode where everybody's like, decision day. Um, Jasmina is with her mom on video, which makes me think that her mom must not be local because this is like the second time her mom's been on video.
1: Well, maybe they she just said, live far out and the schedules can't match.
0: Yeah. She says they're in a really good place. There's no more tension. Her mom said that that's good because she was concerned about that. And it isn't the type of energy that either one of them need. Her mom asked her pros and cons. And she says about marriage or about Michael. And her (laughs) mom is like, being married to Michael, you (laughs) think? Like, how do you separate them? She says that he's been doing a lot better with communication. He's text her now. (laughs) (laughs) They They have conversation. Back to Michael and his sister. Michael says that they're on the same page mentally. He thinks that in the beginning they were like not trusting each other. And they were like, it almost felt like fencing. He did like a fencing motion. Like they were like that. But now they're friends. And I was like, oh, you're just friends. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And they're enjoying spending time together. And they played Scrabble in bed. We go back to Jasmina, who's also telling her mom about the Scrabble. She says he got an A for effort. She sa- but she also says it's been a month and she doesn't have feelings. He says to his sister, physically, they're at a standstill. It's taking a long time and he's like thinking about his every move. Um, And he's never had that in his head, like this level of like awareness and having to watch yourself. And his sister is like, just try something a little bit different. Like you don't have to go like over there, but just try like little tiny things. Jasmina says to her mom, it's not like I'm closed off, but I need those feelings to come. And her mom says, I know you are. You have that desire to have something that makes you desire somebody. I don't know what that is. Um, she says if there's no romance by decision day, ultimately she wouldn't say yes past decision day if there are like no deep feelings.
1: It's conf- ex- sorry. sorry, it's confusing because it's like... Are we talking feelings romantic feelings or are we talking lustful feelings or are we talking both like they're not they're like dancing around it and I'm not quite sure
0: I would if I were to guess, I think it's both. They have like settled way too into like the good good friend zone. okay but because they started with like so much of their arguing and whatnot, Hope springs eternal that I'm like, well, if they can get to the friend zone, surely they can get to the romance zone and the physical attraction zone.
1: I mean, if that one month anniversary date didn't do it, honestly, I don't know what else will.
0: Mike says that he wants to feel like the effort he's giving is being reciprocated and he's talked to her about his mom and grandma and like things that he hasn't talked about in a long time things that he doesn't even want to talk about and he opened up and that they can't be stagnant emotionally physically or mentally they need to be on the up and up if they're they're not doing that then him saying yes is not going to happen do you feel like you learned something from these two conversations no no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they just set a
1: standstill and it's like i don't know what's gonna shake them out of their rut like if you don't feel it you don't feel it i don't know if jasmina is attracted to michael but i know michael is attracted to jasmina so i'm not sure how what do you do because there's a thin line between respecting her boundaries and not just you can't just go for it if she's not there But what does someone... You know, as much as we say... Like, even Kevin Frazier did to Jake, where it was like, oh, you didn't romance Haley enough or whatever. You can't... uh, Maybe you can. But you can't just force someone to be sexually attracted to you. Because the thing is, you can hate someone, but still be sexually attracted to them. But I don't think Jasmina is sexually attracted to Michael.
0: I think that's the case, too. And I somewhat admire how... She's never come out and said it. <laughs> We're like, what's, what's going on here? But she's never come out and said it, which is actually in a way very classy of her.
1: Yeah. And it's not because he's not attractive because sometimes people can be attractive. They're just not your cup of tea. Like we didn't get it when everyone was fawning over Gil. I mean, it is what it is. But this episode, I will say, is the one where I think I turned the corner and I found Michael attractive.
0: Did he do something different with his hair? or? No, he still has the hole in the middle of his head. But he
1: was just... I don't know. He was just more... You know when people grow on you? Yeah. He's grown on me. I had all the negativity for Michael in the beginning. But he's grown on me. And he's just such a sweet person. And it's just maybe the little sadness that I wish they could make it work. Like, he just needs someone to love him right. (laughs) It's not pity. Because it sounds like I'm pitying (laughs) him. But... Yeah.
0: I feel very similarly. I was team Michael and Jasmina in the beginning. But I I find it I kind of nice, actually, that where I'm not sure if they're going to end up together, I like them both as individuals. Even this far into the season, where you usually can't stand... At this point, I usually can't stand anybody. Mm. <laughs> but I like them very much.
1: Yeah. They're just fun to watch. But the thing is, they're fun to watch, but they're friends. And it's kind of like... Married at first sight.
0: (laughs) Not friends at first sight.
1: Friends at first sight. So
0: So next up is Mark and Lindsay, who are definitely not friends at first sight.
1: Not even enemies at first sight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay's got the selfie cam and she says Mark is on the outs with her and she's not sure how he'll get back in. And her issue is that, can he take accountability? So then we get the dateline cam. She's yelling at him because he ruined $250 worth of clothes. Um, I guess he put something in the dryer that he shouldn't have. She says, I know you don't respect me. She told him four times not to put that stuff in the dryer, I guess. At the time, I was like, he doesn't seem apologetic. But then he says, like, I've already apologized. I made a mistake. And I guess she yelled at him anyway. On what? I mean, on one hand, it's like, okay, you apologized. On the other hand, if she really told you four times, why were you not listening?
1: exactly exactly like Lindsay and mark is very hard to take sides because yeah you're not a child and she told you so what what else other instruction do you need
0: and it's not like she can ask you for the 250 yeah 250 is not chump change (laughs) you don't have a job right now she'd probably feel terrible taking 250 dollars from you (laughs) Um, back to Lindsay and her selfie cam and she explains. Oh, but then I want to mention this. So while they're arguing about him ruining her clothes, she takes the opportunity to like kick his clothes and scream. And it's just like, Lindsay, please stop.
1: Yeah.
0: In the selfie cam, Lindsay is saying that Mark has no follow through. He said he wanted a whiteboard. He didn't follow through. He says he wants to move to Boston. Now he's being wishy-washy and you pointed out That when he met up with Steve, he said that he was looking for a job in Boston, right? Mm -hmm. They're supposed to do a daily checkpoint. He doesn't stay in the room. They're supposed to talk about the future. He won't give her a budget for an apartment. He's never been consistent. He has never followed through. I'm like, why is it so painfully obvious? I mean, I know why. To me on the outside that he's just not that into you. But you will make that list And your conclusion is Mark is not doing what I want him to do instead of Mark doesn't do anything. I want him to do because he's just not that into me.
1: But I understand her frustration because she said that and he took it upon himself to say, I'm getting the whiteboard. I want us to do this. I want us to do that. Her job is to just trust what he's saying. So if he says he's going to do that and then he doesn't follow through that, that is grounds for frustration. And she can't automatically go to not just that into you. Well, he is giving her mixed signals. I'm going to say that he's in one day out one day, one month anniversary. I'm crying. I need to protect you. I'm going to be here and I'm taking steps and we're going to do this. And then you don't do it. So it's like, she wants to be all out, but you draw her back in. So it's like, decide if you don't want that, you don't want, then you don't want it. And then just let her know. On the flip side, Lindsay needs more patience because I get it. Like, it's frustrating. I told you four times you do it, but not everyone thinks the same way. Not everyone does things the same way. I'm a person who likes structure and consistency, but I also have to remember sometimes people are happy-go-lucky. Everything's Everyone's different, and you just have to have a little bit more patience. They're just not compatible. This not is what I'm just trying bit. to say. It's just They're not just compatible. They don't have the patience for each other. The resentment has already seeped in. They are not going to get over this hump. But she has hope. He doesn't. One more reason why they're not compatible. they are <laughs> <on> different, <laughs> different pages
0: right here. So they're not done with the date light cam because the laundry argument apparently evolved into an argument about the whiteboard. She talks about how they have their assigned baskets and even then he couldn't follow the assigned baskets. Um she doesn't trust him. He says she's furious and she's cl- and he no. She says that he's she's furious and he is clueless. I think that cluelessness is a bit of an act. Oh, I don't know what's going on. Honestly, I don't think it is. Sometimes men can be clueless. He <laughs> just think he's that slow. Yeah. <laughs> And then they show an argument for a different type of night, a different night where they had an argument that I did not understand. I feel like it was about sex, but something about the cat. And then I was just confused. Everything is resentment.
1: They're fighting, but they're not fighting about the thing that they're fighting about. But it was something about the cat. And then she threw in the fact that he's not having sex with her and the cat is getting more affection. Lindsay has always complained about the fact that he's not putting enough effort into their marriage and into her. So when she sees him putting any effort in anything at all that isn't her, she gets hurt about that. So this time it was just the cat.
0: (laughs) I wish I could tell her. There's just no way that you're going to come out looking sane, complaining about a cat getting more affection than you. (laughs) Then we have a kind of a very fun scene where Katina meets up with her sister-in-law, Anna, she couldn't come to the wedding. Um, I guess you can't send photos when you're in this process because she has to pull up her phone to show Anna a picture of a Lajuan, which I can understand like, no, you can't send. Yeah, we're trying to keep this on under wraps. Anna is like, do you have any with the shirt off? Not- and then when she shows oh, the one my- with the shirt off, she's like, good job. I'm like, technically that's your brother-in-law. <laughs> I think the problem there is I literally couldn't a whole thing cut out. So I have no idea what you just said.
1: Oh, I said, technically that's your brother-in-law. So that was just a little awkward. <laughs> like, does he have one with his shirt off? Like if they stay together, you're going to be in there. And I'm like, I can't imagine just asking for my brother-in-law's shirtless pics.
0: <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> but they seem to have such a good time together. They're taking shots. Anna asked if they've had relations. Katina's like, it's been hard. That she didn't think they would go on this long without having sex. Anna asks if she's opening up emotionally like more. She says, yes. They discussed the dating app, and Anna was like, but it was old. Katina describes the screaming match not well enough as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. She says they had a discussion and they're in a better place, but there was a moment that it hurt me. And Anna is has a good point. Like, going forward, is he going to act like that or is he going to talk about it? Katina says she's learned in communicating with him about being calm. I'm like, this is not a good lesson. You have <laughs> learned to be calm because you're dealing with someone who's yelling all the time. And Anna, my friend, is quick to say, Well, he has to do the same for you. Anna, they talk more about like, um, Problems and how they'll deal with them, and Katina says she wants him to think about how to approach problems. So I guess he's not yelling at her all the time. Then she has to figure out if she has the patience for him to try out figuring out how he's going to execute these things. Anna asks when decision day is, which I'm always blown away from that by that question. I'm like, I would if I was a friend, I'd be like, you got four more days, you got eight more days. Um, and she says that it's soon. And she says, that she, have fun, you're smart, and you're beautiful, and you married a stranger too. And then Katina goes on like a litany of how wonderful Olajuwon is. He's smart, he's funny, he's hardworking. I'm sure all these things are true, but he yells too damn much. hmm
1: And that's a huge <laughs> con of your alleged many pros.
0: Anna kisses Katina and says it's more action than she's getting from her man. <laughs> And Katina laughs so hard she falls out of her chair I loved everything about this meetup. like they just seemed very close and very yeah. sweet it was nice
1: you know when she asked about the intimacy Katina's answer did not ring true to me I just what do you what part the part where she's like not that it's not hard but we're just you know waiting or it just felt like there was more she was like she didn't she doesn't think she can wait till the end not to have the intimacy and it just didn't ring true it just felt like Elijah wants had to talk with her like don't say this or that and I don't know so your theory which
0: I think is a your theory which I think is a good one is that they're having sex right now yeah I don't know, man. Sometimes I agree with you. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know. It's such a stupid thing to lie about. And I also, I think what I really struggle with is like, this is a man who enjoys doing, taking off his shirt everywhere. I can't imagine him being quiet about it. But here's the thing. Okay, there's a chance they might not be having sex, but maybe
1: what they may be lying about is the reason why. And I get it. The consensus is that he's a hit it and quit it guy, that if they have sex, then he will leave. How long is it going to hold that on for? I mean, at some point, they're going to have to have sex. Fair enough. So maybe, well, I mean, by that logic, I mean, I guess he wants to trust her more or something. So I don't know. I should probably stop thinking too much about it. They'll have sex whenever they want to.
0: And they'll tell us whenever they feel like it. <laughs> so next up is Steven Noy with their own date like Cam. The dateline line cam is where the real stuff is happening, in my opinion. <laughs> they have a very long conversation, or it felt long as I was watching it, about how she's not quite sure she wants to move in with him after decision day. Steve is floored because I think in his mind he's like, but don't married people live together? Isn't that how that works? Mm-hmm. And she's also not giving him straight answers. She almost, almost, like, manages to stumble out, I don't want to combine finances. Okay. But she turns it, <laughs> But she then turns it into words like committed and we're not ready to be committed, but what she was really about to say was combine finances. Yeah, cuz
1: she was and like he, I don't want to combine lives or something stupid like what you're doing now.
0: And he, because he's a grown-up, is like, "So what aspect of this are you not comfortable with?" I also don't think Steve's stupid. I think he's trying to get her to just say it. Okay, fine, then. It's the job money thing. He knows. Yeah. But really, though, if you're not comfortable with it, why don't you just say it? Instead, she talks nonsense about how not all married people live together. Yeah, there's different circumstances in which married people don't live together. But generally speaking, married people do live together. <laughs> so you've got to come up with some sort of justification to your your partner if you want to Buck that norm if he thinks you're going to live together.
1: The thing that Noy doesn't understand is if this man decides to get a job, he makes more money than you do. So when you say you don't want to combine stuff, I don't want to be responsible for stuff, you're fine. The thing that really, really irked me was when she
0: said, what's the rush? (laughs) But Steve, Steve is no fool. Steve is like, we're married? Not so much that there's a rush, just that We are legally married? Hmm. It was a nonsense conversation.
1: It really was. No, it's frustrating. Like, just answer the question. Like, if he says, you say you're uncomfortable doing it, how can you be uncomfortable moving in when you're living together now? But then if there's something specific, like he kept pushing for, then just open your mouth and say it. Hell, go to Instagram, create a story, write it down and show it to him since that's what you're comfortable (laughs) with. Just don't hit send. (laughs) Uh,
0: So Mark meets up with his friend Erica to do his one-on-one chat with a friend. We find out he's been friends with Erica for seven years and she's been with him through his past relationships. I love listening to Mark talk about his relationship with Lindsay because he'll be describing something that I just do not see. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he starts by just saying the good in her first of all
0: he always says the good stuff he always says they have good times he always presents it as if well we have a lot going for us but i just have a few concerns but that is not the situation it's the opposite they have very little good going for them and he doesn't like her at all and i think he thinks that she's a good person so he throws that in there there is not a single other soul in this restaurant which is not unusual for maths. I just think this restaurant was a little bit bigger, so it was painfully more obvious.
1: <laughs> That's funny. I had the same thought. I will say they had like this huge spoon and fork on the wall that I thought was really cool. Hmm.
0: I feel like Erica's conclusion is that they have bad communication <laughs> every time people It's not the communication. It's what you're communicating about. Um he made Mark says something interesting about. He hasn't been away from her to see if he misses her yet. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not to a point of, I can't live without you. I, um, our next friend talk is Noi and Sriracha. Um, Sriracha is her brother, um, who is a drag queen. I feel like Sriracha came here to be funny, to get some laughs, to drag Steve a little bit I did not feel like Sriracha came to give his sister some good advice I feel like their maturity levels in this conversation really matched
1: you know who Sriracha reminds me of who? what is Meredith's son's name who? Meredith Brooks Real Housewives Brooks Marks just here to make a name get some airtime, and not really here for what the whole grand picture is for Because I don't think he helped her at all, not even a little bit, shape or form. And then to make it worse, I'm like, so if she just moved to Boston, is he flying out for this? Maybe.
0: Which is just, I mean, it was funny because Noi was very positive and complimentary about Steve. Her issue is the whole job thing. And then it almost felt like Sriracha was getting so down on Steve that Noisy had to start defending him. (laughs) Did you say Noisy? (laughs) No, I didn't say Noisy.
1: Oh, really? I just said Noi
0: has to start defending him.
1: Oh, that's her alter ego name. So I thought you were being funny. Um, because your job as a loved one is to know the loved one that you're speaking about. So when they tell you a story, fill in the gaps. Like the one when Alyssa had the one with her friend and Alyssa's friend was like, well, you know how you can get. When Jasmina had a friend and the friend says, you have a tone all the time. So when you tell me a story, fill in the gaps. But Sriracha was just all like, uh, did he really say that? Or oh, you need to do that. Don't validate noise nonsense. Like you can validate it, but you could also like give an other point of view and just kind of give something to think about. Ugh, I
0: It wasn't fun to watch. I think the part that really bothered me is when Noi was talking about the hypotheticals of him. um, A hypothetical to see if Noi picks up more housework. And Sriracha's like, oh, that's shady. Like, what else is he going to do? And then Sriracha says, let's do another hypothetical. How about you get a job? I'm like, what purpose is this serving?
1: Yeah, none. And then, you know, when she tried to make it seem like Oh, he says he wants to do stuff, but he wants to know what the plan is. I don't see anything wrong with that. Of course he needs a plan to figure out why he would get a job. You just said you don't want to live with him. This man wants freedom and he wants to be a freelancer. If he doesn't have someone else to think about, then his plans are going to be different. If you say what your plans are and maybe he can walk around it and then think like, okay, I need to do this, this, because this is what we want to do. You kind of have to meet in the middle. So I don't think it's wrong that Steve wants to know what your plans are. And that's what he told Mark. Is this because you want us to buy a house? Because I have never heard her say that. Mm. She says kids. I think is one of those people who has ideas of what she wants, but not really quite how do we get there. It's just this is what I want. This is what I expect my life to be like and not the logistics of it all. But I've never really heard her talk about, oh, a house. And that. I want three children. Let's talk about care. Let's talk about that. She doesn't go that far. I just want the, the children. So he said, do you want vacations? Or do you want a house? Do you want, like, what are we planning towards? So I'll know if my savings can cover it, if I need to go back to engineering, if my freelance would be fine. What is the
0: plan? But she's not also a good communicator. Because she's not about that. She just wants him to get a job. And in, I'm not trying to defend Oi. I think that... The, the, She's not 1000% unreasonable. So she tells us that when she first moved to Boston, it was for a relationship and it was not fun building her life when that relationship didn't work out. And so hitching her wagon to someone who seems a little, you know, unemployed and directionless, she's just a little nervous about it.
1: Which is fair. And human beings are going to human. And I understand that from the outside looking in, it's easier to be like, don't transfer the grievances of your ex onto Steve because it's been the other way around where Steve has been supportive and Steve has been, you know, compromising and doing other things. Like, Steve is not your ex. But I also understand trying not to repeat the same mistakes from the past. But what are you going to do? They just met each other 30 days ago.
0: I hope Steve... Well, the end conclusion is Steve should get a job because Sriracha and Noi want him to get a job. And Sriracha says, I don't know you to date people like this. And I'm like, but you married this at first sight.
1: (laughs) I think the thing is if Noi takes a step back and thinks about it, your only criticism of this guy is that he doesn't have a job. Something that can be easily fixed. Think of something else that could have been like what the issue was where it's like Something that'll be so difficult, like Mark and Lindsay, for sure. He doesn't have a job and he's not giving her attention. He's not doing anything. He's ruining her clothes. He's ruining, he won't eat the fruit. She doesn't want the chicken finger. There's so many things that might not be fixable. Getting a job is very easily
0: fixed. But I don't think for her, okay, at first I was like, oh, it's about getting a job. But then in this conversation, I think it was more about proving to me that you have a work ethic. And if I don't see you with a job, how do I know that you have a work ethic? If I have enough money to (laughs) not have a
1: job long (laughs) on savings. I don't know what else to tell you that I have a work ethic. And then from everything else that we know of Steve, does he even look like a bum? Like I just, again, the thing is, if they had known each other longer, then she would have context. And I know like, it's just asking for a lot to trust this man that you just met. But that's ultimately what it is, It's just trusting that he has his head on right, but she doesn't know that, so.
0: All right, guys, let's take a break.
1: We're back, guys. And now we see Steve talking to his friend and his friend is his sister-in-law, Laura. They're video chatting. And he tells her, like, I guess the last time that they spoke, they spoke about the noodle incident. Um, he said, since then, they've celebrated their one month anniversary and they have had problems since then. And she goes, Oh, what kind of problems? And he tells her about how Noy wants to stay in her apartment after decision day. After the noodle situation, they made it clear that there was not going to be any social media talk. And now he got another one that said, The moment you start to wonder if you deserve better, you do. Steve said it seems like it's directed at him. And because he's an adult who can communicate, he just asked her straight up. And she says, no, it wasn't directed at you. (laughs) He says it was confused because he doesn't know what it could be. And his sister-in-law says, honestly, you just have to take her at face value. If she says it's not about you, you just have to proceed like it's not about you.
0: This Um, is the type of advice people need. Yeah. And like, I actually, um, but I was like, well, if it wasn't about you, then why didn't you say what it was about? Because she doesn't know how to communicate. And also she's lying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's going to say, no, it's not about you. But then she's going to tell you, can you go wash the mirror? Can you go power wash the patio? I don't know. So the sister-in-law says from all that she's been hearing, it looks like she needs space. And sometimes she might ask, and sometimes she won't ask. And sounds like he knows the questions that he has for her. I thought that was very vague. I don't quite understand what she was trying to say. But at the same time, I'm like, what is the point of asking Noi questions? Because she doesn't answer the questions.
0: But I think, well, I think his sister-in-law was saying, go ahead and ask the question. And you can only work with the answer you get. Because you're grown people. What are you like? Are you supposed to divine her intentions from, like, signs and wonders? All you've oh. got is what she said. And I think she was trying to tell him to give her space sometimes. I think it's that, although that's the same advice that they gave to Alyssa. So that's. Uh, okay. um,
1: <laughs> no, because the, the, why I said it was confusing. I know she's telling him to give him space, but she said, because sometimes she might ask sometimes she won't ask. Well, that's frustrating for the person <laughs> on the other side. When you live together or not live together, like it's confusing. She doesn't communicate. She just, do- she's like, she's bratty. Oh clean the bathroom and kiss my ass. Oh clean my, I'm leaving. Now I don't want to live with you. like where do you go from there and there's just a man that's not yelling at you that's just really trying to understand where you're coming from to see if there's a solution. like it's like talking to a brick wall. Then we see Michael and Jasmina. they're cooking together and Michael is making his lasagna rolls. Jasmina says that he has never cooked for her before and it feels nice to feel cared for and she appreciates it.
0: She tells has Michael- Has she ever cooked for him? Have they ever- I thought this was the first time in the whole series I've ever seen them cook food.
1: Well, it's the first time that we've seen them cook. In an episode, they also said that they or- they order out a lot. But um, Michael did say that Jasmina has been the one that has cooked, but he's never cooked for her. Okay. So she tells Michael that four weeks went by fast and it feels really good now. And if it stays this way, that she knows for sure the emotional connection will follow- and everything else will follow, guessing the physical part. Michael says, looking back in hindsight, there were times where he felt like he wasn't giving 100%. He was pointing fingers versus asking what he could be doing to make this better. Jasmina was silent. And then my heart dropped because I'm like, oh, my God, is she about to be pissed? They've been good old episode. <laughs> and then he asked, does that make sense? And then she goes, yeah, it's just the first time that you're admitting it. So thank you for that. I'm like, phew. So, Jasmina <laughs> says that, you know, their communication is better, and she's glad that he's opening up and letting her understand him better. She tastes the lasagna rolls, and, you know, they kind of dance together. It was a very cute scene where they were dancing for a second. Um, Then we move to Katina, who says that before she got married, she and her friends used to do Taco Tuesday, but since she has been married, she hasn't been able to do that. I'm not even gonna ask why and I'm just gonna chalk it up to filming and not any other reason
0: why. I actually believe them when they say to their family members, Oh, I haven't seen you. Like I think they're working full time jobs and then basically working another full time job of film- filming this TV show. Okay. Hopefully. I think they're really busy people. I feel kinda bad for them. I'd be tired.
1: <laughs> it's not because they're being compensated. That's all usually about. So she decides to bring Taco Tuesday to her on Olajuwon. one says that he likes that she is including him in something that she usually does with her girlfriends. Katina tells us once again that things got heated and it's something that will always be at the back of her mind, but she can't focus on that. Maybe you should, Katina.
0: Maybe you should.
1: She says some things like this that she would have walked away from if she was dating, but she can't do that in a marriage. But she's grateful that they talked about it. And it's important to her that she gives her 100% to this marriage. They sit down for Taco Tuesday. It was a lot of tacos. It was was (laughs) good.
0: I love how... I wonder if it's a show thing. And I know people do this in their houses, people who actually cook food. But they always (laughs) present the food... (laughs) They always present the food so nicely on this show. Like, let's arrange the tacos. Let's arrange the chips in a bowl. Like, just making things look photogenic, which obviously you want to do when you're doing it for a TV show. Yeah, of
1: course. Optics. So, they sit down for Taco Tuesday, and Elijah makes it a point to let us know that overall they're so happy. Their vibe is great. And if you came to their home, you wouldn't even know that there were bumps or hicks in the road. They have this weird combo about getting in trouble when they were younger. I mean, Olajuwon tries to say say that these little moments mean a lot to him and that, you know, his wife is brilliant and she cares. He knows she cares. And then he tells her that he's happy he met her and he loves their marriage. Since he said that, that just means that in the next episode, he's going to fuck (laughs) up again and the cycle continues. Agreed. Oh. Next, we see Lindsay. Lindsay is dressing her cat in a shark costume. I'm not going to comment on the fact that this cat was on their kitchen <laughs> island, walking around all willy nilly because food is going to be on there and that is not hygienic to me. Don't come for me, cat people. I'm just saying. She tells us that since they've been back from their one month anniversary, it's been one thing after the other. She says they do their best when they're having fun and laughing and enjoying each other. So she has arranged for their wedding photographer to come do a corny shark family shoot. Lifetime better be paying this photographer really well because she went from wedding photographer to, I don't know what this is, a cat shoot? Like, late late at night. night, (laughs) What? Late at night. Because it was after Late at night.
0: Well, I am more in favor of dressing up dogs than dressing up cats.
1: <laughs> because I think the, feel like the dogs sure. are more
0: cooperative. The cats yeah. don't want this shit. I don't know anything about cats, but I know they do not want to be dressed in shark costumes.
1: I know, that's what I'm saying. You know for sure the cats hate it. So, Lindsay says she cares for Mark and wants to be with him for better or for worse, even though she's getting more of the worst, and she just wants a fun night. Mark walks in, as usual, looking petrified. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's nice. Wow, look at that. And then she tells him he can pick whatever thing he likes. I don't know if it was the costumes or the food. I didn't even realize he just gave me dinner. So then they sit down to dinner, and Lindsay does this thing that she does. I don't know what it's called, but she tells him to try a sauce. He says he doesn't want to. She keeps digging and digging, like just try just a dot, just dip it a little, He's like, I don't like it. She's like, how do you know? How do you, why are you, wh- just let it be. The man just likes his chicken, his goldfish <laughs> and whatever else. And apparently tacos, I, just leave him be.
0: It's called badgering. Oh. And I think it's a power play. Can I force you to do what I want you to do? It really bothers me. Like watching that, like <laughs> I feel that viscerally because earlier Mark called Lindsay, I'm sorry, Lindsay called Mark Really, really stubborn. And I feel like whenever people have boundaries and you just sit there and blah 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 them, then people are like, Oh, you're stubborn. And I'm like, I just don't like to be badgered into doing things I don't want to do. Yeah. And okay. then when you give in, like when Mark dipped that French fry into that sauce, I was like, all she's learned from that is that she can badger you into doing what she wants you to do.
1: Yeah.
0: And then she pulls out the card, she's like, Compromise. I'm like, okay. That was not compromise. You just badgered him into doing something he didn't want to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, he does try it. Says he doesn't like it. And again, instead of her to just accept it, she's like, eh, that's suspect. I'm like, okay. So Mark says that what he took away from his friends is like he needs to speak his mind and they need to communicate better. So he starts a conversation saying this process is not an easy one. Just as Lindsay, at the same time, is trying to kill a bug and just loudly slapping her hands. But I know if it was the reverse, she would be like, you don't care about me. You're not paying attention to me. But this is what she does when he tries to talk. So she says, yeah, I know. I'm here too. And Mark is like, can I finish? I have to admit, Mark was really aggy in that part. Like, just relax. But I think he was just trying to get out what he was saying. And he didn't want to get derailed.
0: And Um, I don't think she gives him the opportunity to talk. I think that's (laughs) what makes him so like, eh.
1: Yeah. So he says they have great times and difficult times, but their relationship is so roller coaster. So it's like, will it ever smooth out or will it not? She says, not once are you looking at it like, what can I do better referring to him? And what did I do wrong referring to him again? She says right now she's at the point of no return and not sure she can give anything else. This is the problem with Lindsay. Her veiled threats, and she's always like, "I can do this." I am so upset at you. Oh, I am so the emotional blackmail or whatever it is. You're talking to a man that's already checked out. You done lost boo.
0: So it's, I think I find it funny because she tries all this emotional blackmail on this man who doesn't like her. I'm like, do you think every time you do this, if you want to leave, leave. If you don't, he doesn't like you. Yeah. You'll probably do him a favor. I don't have to go through (laughs) the process. You left.
1: So she says she told him that this is a boundary for
0: me and you crossed it. What are they referring to, Aid? I have no idea. You know, the thing that drives me crazy about this is I actually, what were they arguing about? Was it the trying of the food? What was the argument? The argument was Mark was
1: trying to make a conversation, but I think Lifetime cut out a whole bunch of stuff because the next thing was like, I told you this is a boundary for me. You crossed it. And now I'm like, is it the yelling? I, because it seemed like that was the closest thing, but it wasn't clear. They were talking about things being hard and her having nothing else to give. And then we switched to boundaries. So that was confusing.
0: I get this show is so ripe for people arguing about arguing because that's where they eventually went is, well, you yell, you don't yell. No. no, no. Yeah. And I'm like, now you're arguing about your last argument and not even the tenets of the argument, just the style.
1: Like I said, this episode was just about arguing about the same thing you've been arguing about all the time. <laughs> so Mark says, you know that when you say that, you don't say it in that type of tone. You raise your voice at me, and then she goes, What? And then he goes, Yeah, I only raise mine after you shout, and you can't you're not listening to me, and I have to shout for you to hear me. And she says again, you don't take accountability for anything that you do, but I do. And then she reaches to grab his hand and talk. And because Mark has the ick for her, he's like, stop, 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 stop. You don't have to grip me like that. She says, okay, good. I'm done. She tells us that he's quick to disconnect and shut down. And she grabbed his hand to look him in the eye and connect. And when he recoils, which is the most appropriate word, because that is what it is, she's hurt. I can understand her being hurt, because really, Mark just doesn't want any kind of physical touch from her. She walks into the bedroom, and the funny thing is Mark just continues
0: his dinner and eats his fries. (laughs) He's like, I'm not going to go hungry just because you're mad. I'll be hungry for a long time if I stopped eating every time you were mad. But I do, this is what I mean by Lindsay not picking up on things. Last episode, he tried to make it into a joke, but it was painfully obvious that he was saying, don't touch me. I don't like it when you touch me. So I am like, Lindsay, this man does not want you to touch him. This whole, I was grabbing his hand to look in his eyes. He don't want that. Oh, yeah. did you see Lindsay's new confessional look? I'm telling you, that green one and the pink one. She just looks so good. Better than she ever does on a show.
1: I could be wrong, but none of these are new to me. Because I remember when you mentioned the green one, I had seen it before. And then this one with the red, I've seen that
0: before. It may not have registered to me the last time I saw it, but this oh. is the first time I noticed it.
1: Okay. Um. So she was wearing like this, I don't know, a nightgown? satin blue I guess to match the shark costume so she wears I was like
0: a coat. what are you wearing this is not like <laughs> photo shoot attire with cats are the cats just... not gonna scratch the satin I was so confused
1: I thought she was just trying to match the color because Mark had a blue shirt on too so I thought it was like a color scheme type situation so she wears a coat as she says it's like talking to a wall and walks out Lindsay's one of those women who wants men to chase after her Mark is not, (laughs) absolutely not going to chase after you, especially when he's eating his dinner. No sorry, Bob. I'm like, how many
0: times do you have to try it, though? This is not the first time she's tried to let me storm out and see if Mark will follow me. The first time he didn't follow you, you should have known he's not that guy.
1: Yep. So then the photographer walks in and Mark was like, yeah, I'll just take pictures with the cats. And then he's just like, oh, the wife had to run out, you know, for a little bit to just be me and them. And they start to shoot. And then Lindsay walks back in and she's like, I'm not feeling it, and walks into the room. The producer has to tell this poor photographer like, um, they might need a minute. <laughs> like, again, after dinner to me, she's there at probably like 8 p.m. or something. Like, that, that's <laughs> like the day is winding down. This woman drove all the way. <laughs> and she comes into this awkwardness. Lindsay tells us like, you know, she's mad at him, but she wants to see if he wants her to be here or not. Stop with the test. Testing is not good. We see through the larger one doing for Katina, It is not a good sign if you have to test your significant significant other. So she's packing up her stuff to go to her place, and Mark doesn't say anything to stop her. And then <laughs> he's just watching her. He's like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "I'm packing myself stuff in an apartment." So she he stands there, and then she tells him, "I'm so frustrated. I'm so upset at you. I can't take it anymore. All this is going on, and the price is too high." And Mark is like, I
0: mean, it's fine. <laughs> what because, Mark is really saying is, if you want to leave, then leave. Don't, go. don't let the door hit you Let the good Lord split you. Just go. <laughs> because I know her plan was just to pack and leave,
1: but like he called her bluff, and then he's like, I'm not saying anything, and then she just says, blah, 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 blah. I'm frustrated. I'm upset at you. I'm hurt. I'm like, he's not going to feel anything because he doesn't feel anything for you. So... Mark says it's fine if she feels about if she feels a way about something, but the thing is the way she says things he can't receive it and he just makes him not want to do it. So Lindsay says that he's not trying to pour into their marriage. Really random. He was going to the fridge to get water. He drinks a lot of water, so that makes up for all the fruits and vegetables he doesn't. He's just always he always has a water bottle beside him or he's going to the fridge to get water.
0: I'm just so, confused as to how you can be like a fitness dude who doesn't eat fruits and vegetables. It's a little <laughs> mind blowing.
1: So Mark says that there's someone here to do a photo shoot and you know, are we doing this? And she's like, and pretend that I like you. He was like, that's fine. You don't have to pretend that I like you. I'm like, listen, <laughs> good on Mark for not falling for the blackmail. Like what are you doing? Lindsay? <laughs> because you already told us that you really want to do it. So then they have this roundabout conversation about staying for the shoot. He already said, you should just stay and do it. And Lindsay's like, I don't want to stay. But the question is, do you want me to stay? Those are two different conversations. He was like, yeah, just stay. And then she walks into the bedroom and slams the door. And then the producers was have told the photographer to come back. She's like, okay, are we ready to do this?
0: <laughs> I'm like, why are we going to take these shark pictures? These two people hate each other. These cats will never see each other once they're separated. What is the point of these dumbass pictures?
1: It was so funny. Um, To show that Mark knows Lindsay very well, even though she always says that he doesn't, but he does. He just doesn't want to. Mark says he's not surprised that she stayed. Like, it's something <laughs> she wants to do. <laughs>
0: Lindsay had her dramatics he's not falling for it nope
1: so mark mark says that's the thing he knows about her is no matter how mad she is that she does an activity with him and she'll be fine and that is a terrible place to be at because he has got your number and you're still there trying to put on all these actors for nothing So then they take the pictures and then the photographer asks if the two of them want to do it. There's this long, awkward, they even have a shot of a cat going like "Huh," And they decided they're going to, they take the pictures. Mark says, you know, they'll try and it doesn't work. And he just doesn't know if it ever will. And that was how the episode ended.
0: I mean, I feel like we've watched Mark and Lindsay have that same argument over and over again, but because the topic somewhat adjusts, like this time it was about cat photography. <laughs> <laughs> it provides fresh new entertainment each time.
1: It is. I will say the one thing I really enjoyed about this episode is like the couples don't in, didn't interact much. I like the episodes where they don't interact much. Don't ask me why, but I do.
0: Because it's not friend, called Friends at First Sight. It's called Married at First Sight. That's why you enjoy it.
1: <laughs> so...
0: And next week, they'll interact plenty, so...
1: I'm okay with that because of the hidden camera. I'm not mad at that. And I like that it's Dr. Pepper. She don't have time for their shit. So,
0: all right, Aid, who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet goes to Steve. Your wife is sitting across from you talking about, I don't want to live with you. <laughs> I feel like that would be a reason to get upset, to get emotional. Instead, you just sit there calmly asking... Well, why don't you want to live? Well, I think married people live together. It just—it's a very common, reasonable reaction to a very, very like easy opportunity to get—I don't know—like hyphy. And he's just like, nah. Let me just try to talk to you because we're both grown ups. So that is why. And honestly, I was very annoyed with almost everybody this episode. And that is why Steve gets the bouquet.
1: His ability to stay calm is very admirable. Just cool-headed, level-headed in all situations.
0: Who has your bouquet?
1: My bouquet went to Michael and Jasmina. They were just such a joy to watch. That driving lesson cracked me the hell up. And it was just so nice. It was a little wistful because I'm just like, man, I don't know if they can get out the friend zone. But it was very nice to watch. Like even everything they did was couplely. It was friendship. It's friend zone, but it's coupley. Like even giving advice to Katina as a couple,
0: it was just kind of nice. I liked it. Me too, me too. I just each week I facilitate between are these people going to fulfill all my dreams or are they going to break my heart? I know. Who has your burnt ashes, Lindsay and Mark? (laughs) I mean, she is worse, but they are both the worst. Yeah. I'm sorry, you are almost forty year old man. You need to eat some fruits and vegetables. I'm sorry. And she needs to just stop. I don't know what... I mean, there's so many things wrong with this woman. And I honestly pity her because she brings a lot of misery onto herself, even in this situation. But they're both so bad and they're extra, extra bad together. Yeah. Very incompatible.
1: Who has your burn ashes? My burn ashes go strictly and solely to Noi. I was irritated so much, just like every scene rolling my eyes, your inability to communicate, your stubbornness, like you have a valid point, but like try something else. If the thing you've been doing is not working, maybe just provide the plan. So no one can say that you haven't done the part that you're supposed to The way she narrated the story to Sriracha, just everything about it. The way she just told him, make the potatoes, wash the bathrooms, pick up the poop, do this. It was irritating. I don't like it.
0: Alrighty. (laughs) Alright, everybody. That's it for this week. You can find Tame with Nana on the rewatch, where they are rewatching the original Sex and the City. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L. M A F S feel free to reach out to us on social media.
1: We are available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Please give us a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts on Spotify and review us wherever platform that you listen to us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.